You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey everyone, and welcome to another fantastic episode of Ask Drone You as we report from the FAA Symposium of 2019. I've got a really exciting show for you today as we talk about UAS enforcements. Today with me is Mr. Charles. Mr. Charles, I have to say, I attended your talk and your presentation, and it gave me a lot of hope, inspiration, and motivation to continue being a drone operator and engaging with this community and engaging with the FAA. So thank you for being on the show, and thank you for uh, discussing enforcement actions. You're welcome, and uh, and I'm glad it gave you encouragement, and uh, I'm, you know I hope we can continue to do that for you. I think you will. So let's just you know let's dig right in. So in your enforcement talk yesterday you mentioned that mm-hmm. there are certain enforcement actions that the FAA can take so what type of enforcement actions can the FAA take for sure but before I get into the legal enforcement side of things but I what I do want to emphasize is the goal of the FAA is not to take enforcement action against every operation that is unauthorized or even potentially unsafe um, we try to educate the vast majority of users out there, um, bring them into compliance, and bring them within the community. I, we find that to be much more effective. However, we do have tools available to us to address those non-compliant operators, um, and they can range from counseling, bringing the, the person into compliance through instructing them on the regulations and, and the um, applicable airspace, et cetera, warning letters or letters of correction, which is just a little more formalized, But in those cases where we have uh, intentional conduct or egregious conduct, um, we do take legal enforcement action. Um, Available to us through that process are both civil penalties and certificate actions. So if a um, operator is uh, non-certificated, they don't hold their RPIC certificate, the Remote Pilot and Command Certificate, or um, they don't have another otherwise a uh, Part 61 certificate, we generally levy a civil penalty. Our civil penalties are dictated by um, congressional um, statute and uh, have certain levels that they can be. In addition, when an operator is uh, certificated, we can take action against that certificate, so either suspension or revocation. So we have a a lot of tools in the toolbox, but emphasize that education is always our first um, uh, entry, Um, but we won't hesitate to use enforcement action when we need to to bring compliance. So let me ask you this. Uh, In your presentation, you were talking about, um, you know, people who over and over break uh, the the rules. It's kind of beyond the compliance philosophy. So I guess part of this question, too, is how does that compliance philosophy essentially change when it comes to enforcements that the FAA can propose? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, like I said, education is always the first first route that we take, but we do have those intentionally non-compliant, people who are aware of the regulations, and it can be demonstrated through repeated non-compliance. Um, and those are the, the types of operators that we're looking at uh, taking legal enforcement action against. Um, sometimes the message just doesn't get through um, with regards to uh, um, either or counseling or, or written counseling. Um, and so we will, in those cases, we will uh, uh, put together an enforcement package um, and uh, issue a notice of proposed civil penalty 
or a um, or a certificate action, and um, and take action against that operator. Hopefully, to bring it to an end. Um, something to to consider is that uh, we are attempting to establish also a record of non-compliance, and for each successive non-compliance, the the penalties can increase. And there is a point at which that the penalties can even become criminal. Uh, when you have intentional misconduct, such an egregious level, it could even move over into the realm of criminal conduct. Um, and then we're starting to see some interest from DOT and DOJ um, in uh, enforcing those criminal penalties. So you, you just brought up a good point is that you're working with other agencies. So I'm curious to what other agencies does the FAA work with in order to pursue enforcement action beyond a revocation or a suspension of license because the FAA is a regular agency, not an enforcement agency, right. correct? Yeah, and that's the key point. We are not a criminal enforcement agency. We do not enforce criminal law, um, but we do assist our partners. Now, at the federal level, most of the uh, conversation is with Department of Justice, um, FBI, with, and uh, uh, we also work with the Department of Homeland Security, and we coordinate with the Department of Transportation Inspector General. Um, so there's a, numerous agencies that are involved at the federal level. At the, at the state and local level, it can be any law enforcement agency. If a local law enforcement agency um, comes to us for assistance in a local prosecution and needs uh, technical assistance, we have a law enforcement assistance program uh, team of special agents who will reach out um, and work with local law enforcement uh, for the FAA to um, assist them in their criminal prosecutions as well. That's awesome. I, I actually am excited about hearing this because I think for everyone who is complying with Part 107 regulations, you know, when we see other egregious people out there, it's it's so, you know, frustrating, right. you know, because uh, like you said, you know, people just expect the FAA to go out there and you know, right. slap them on the wrist, but that's not always how it works. And even with the logistical nature of drones, it makes it really difficult to for be able sure. to do that. And that's understandably frustrating. Um, you know, it, it's it's a it's a big problem, and we understand um, the compliant operators who are, are going through the extra effort, the extra money to become compliant, to operate within the rules. They'll lose business to um, non-compliant operators, uh, and, and that's understand. Like I said, understandably frustrating. However. It's important to remember that we rely on um, a, a lot of our partners, whether it's um, our law enforcement partners or even the, the legitimate drone community to assist us in identifying these types of operations. Um, we don't have the resources to do it alone, but uh, you know, we, get, we have a lot of partners and with those partners, we can cover a lot of territory. So let me ask you a question. So um, does the FAA take action against non-compliant operators and the clients who hired those non-compliant operators? So that, that's kind of a difficult question. Um, I will say that the more a, let me step back for a second, a company that hires, knowingly hires a operator who is not licensed and task that operator with performing a non-compliant operation can be liable for that operation. In that type of case, you can have a, um, a case against the company and a case against the pilot in command. Now, when it comes to um, individuals or companies that hire a uh, UAS company to perform a uh, operation, the question becomes really a case-by-case -case basis. How much did they know about the operation or should they have known with a reasonable inquiry? 
if the, for instance, if a person hires a, a UAS operator for a wedding uh, and thinks that person is fully certified and it comes to be revealed later on that they're not, um, the inquiry we will take is how much did the, the person hiring the company know? However, when a company knowingly hires an operator, they know not to hold the correct certificates or don't even ask the questions of whether they hold the, the correct certificates or task them with doing an operation that they know to be illegal, that can raise a liability for that person or that company that's doing the hiring as well. So it's a case by case, but um, liability can extend quite a bit. Well, honestly, I think that that's actually really enlightening to hear as a lot of drone pilots have been wanting to hear that as well, because in our eyes, we see it as sometimes an issue with even large scale studios outright hiring pilots who knowingly and willingly violate the rules, but they can get shots in areas with drones that you know don't have geofencing and can fly through benches, that type of small aircraft. So I think it's really enlightening to hear what you just had to say, but now kind of shifting gears really quick. So we've been talking about enforcement against operators. Mm -hmm. Let's kind of shift gears to enforcement against people who egregiously violate laws against operators. Right. So what I'm talking about is, let's say that someone shoots a drone out of the sky, a violation of 18 USC 32. Um, how does the FAA work with other agencies to pursue these drone shooters? Because this is becoming, as I said in, in my questions to your talk, right. an ever more prevalent issue. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a big issue, and it's a big issue on a number of fronts. Um, as an operator, I, I would find it to be uh, incredibly difficult to swallow that my private property is shot out of the sky and there's no recourse. Yeah. But even at a higher level, the goal of the FAA is full integration of UAS into the national airspace system. We are not working towards segregation. It's full integration. And to that end, um, all aircraft need to be um, treated accordingly within the, the national airspace system. When people take it into their own hands to destroy a UAS as it's conducting a lawful operation, that may raise federal um, criminal uh, concerns, and 18 U.S.C. 32 is one of them. You asked who we work with, that would be when we get those types of reports, now again, not the we are the regulatory agency, we pass along that information to the Department of Tra Transportation Inspector General and the Department of Justice to take a look at that from the criminal angle. Uh, we, we, we receive those reports, um, an increasing number, unfortunately, of those types of reports. And um, we're taking it, I wanna be very clear, we, we take it very seriously. And um, uh, we want to protect the lawful users of the, of the national airspace system. So as we receive those reports, we'll continue to work with the DOT, IG, and DOJ to make sure we can try to put an end to this kind of rising trend. It does seem like a rising trend. And I know you can't speak for uh, DOJ or the DOT, IG, but I think it's something that a lot of drone pilots would really like to see um, some recourse because uh, in some areas it's it's kind of scary to be a drone pilot and you can't uh, you know make sense of things for some yeah. some people and, and I think that the, the 
certainly the criminal um, response to that is uh, is key. Um, but there's a, also a lot of education that still needs to be done um, within the, the general community, the community outside of the U.S. users um, as to what is lawful and legal. And also to our law enforcement partners, too, to make them aware of what legal operations look like um, and um, how to, to ask for the proper identification, proper paperwork to ensure um, operators are legal. And, um, uh, and I think uh, you know, that type of educational effort also um, should help us moving forward. Yeah, no, I think so as well. Um, all right, Charles, a lot of people assume that the FAA can enforce the law, but can you explain to our viewers what the FAA's role is in enforcement of state versus local law enforcement agencies? Sure. Um, the FAA is a regulatory, federal regulatory safety agency, I know we kind of covered agency, this at right? the beginning, That's but I'm okay. just trying to go a little deeper. No, absolutely. And so we only um, uh, enforce our regulations, the federal aviation regulations, and then a few uh, statutes, well, several statutes within 49 uh, U.S. code. We do not enforce state law, nor are local and state authorities um, authorized to enforce our regulations and statutes. We do not have delegation authority of our enforcement authority. They have to be kept separate. Uh, the FARs are exclusive domain of the FAA, um, and federal and state is exclusive uh, domain of the responsible agencies for those uh, those laws. Um, so. One of the, the key elements is, is, again, this educational outreach with the state and local partners, making them aware of where the lines are drawn, but also making them aware of what recourse they have available to them under their existing authorities. There's, there's quite a few uh, state and local agencies who may look at a UAS uh, unsafe or unauthorized, and I want to be specific that we're talking about you know, the bad actors out there. Um, they might look at one of these operations, see it's a UAS, and decide, well, that's an aircraft, that's FAA's jurisdiction, we have no um, response or recourse. And that's simply not the case. Many jurisdictions already have existing laws on the books that apply to UAS, whether they be privacy, uh, trespass, reckless endangerment, some motor vehicle laws like we talked about earlier, can be applicable to uh, UAS. So for the state and local authorities out there who are looking at how to handle these types of situations, we recommend you look and talk to your local district attorneys to see what laws may be applicable to assist you in dealing with unauthorized and unsafe operations. No, I think that's really important. All right, so um, finally, let me ask you this. Sure. Um, you know, what should a person do if they think a drone is flying near them illegally? Because this is, again, a, a perception issue that I think that we have seen from the media. You know, drones are the new UFOs. I mean, in the 90s, yeah. you heard about UFOs all the time. And since the implementation of drones, you never hear about UFOs anymore. It's like they've disappeared off the map, you know? Right. So um, I'm really curious as to what do you recommend Recommend. What are your instructions for individuals, whether it's pilots, you know, trying to reach out against other pilots or and then we'll touch the case of, you know, what if it's a person who thinks that they have an illegal drone flying over them? Sure. I think the the starting point of all this is to really educate yourself on what's legal and what's not legal. Um, there is a. Uh, a perception out there that you know drones are bad, but there's so many positive uses that we see more and more every day. 
uh, it's a reality. It's going. It's around now, and it's going to be around in the future. And I think it's a necessary part of our the technological development of this country. Um, just so many positive uses, and the more the public becomes aware of the positivity that drones can bring, they'll be more receptive to their operations. Um, so I think that that's kind of the first uh, thing I would say. Now, if a person is aware or, or believes they're aware of an illegal or unsafe uh, drone operation, um, the first thing to do is really to contact local police. Hopefully your local police department has been in contact with the FAA with our law enforcement assistance program and understands the rules that are applicable. But the first and foremost thing is to uh, preserve life and property. If there's some endangerment of a person or some endangerment of property, law enforcement should be called in right away in order to alleviate that, uh, that concern, that, that issue. If it's not an immediate concern, um, and uh, you can always report it to the FAA. We have our FISDOs, our Flight Standards District offices are located throughout the United States. Each one has a, a front desk number. You can make a, a call into there and, and report the incident. Now, that being said, um, without identification of the operator, it is tough for us to, to do anything. However, we have had cases where we've received multiple complaints and then been able to eventually identify the operator through investigation. Um, but I think those are the top, the top two um, ways of really reporting uh, those types of those types of operations to us. No, I think that's a really good information. As you said, you know, it's difficult to uh, distinguish who the operator is. So you can't really look up the operator, mm -hmm. see if he's part 107 certified right. or not. Yeah, there, there's a lot of issues in that. Well, now, Charles, it seems like there's a lot more that's going on as far as enforcement actions are mm -hmm. concerned. In sure. fact, there were a large number that were purported um, downstairs. And we look forward to learning more about that and learning more about these systems where you talk about, you know, we're going to start recording when we when we see... Um, when we see issues that are happening over and over again. So I'm really happy to hear that, really happy to hear that it is a case-by-case -case basis, but that people who do hire egregious pilots knowingly and willingly, that there are recourses to that. Yeah. I think that's something that, that we need to spread the message about, and I'm glad that you're on the show here and just laying it out like it is. So yeah, greatly problem. appreciate having you on the show. Not a problem. Pleasure to be here and uh, happy to help. Well, thank you, Charles. Well, that's going to do it for our show today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for listening in. Subscribe to the show. Leave us a review and let us know what you thought about this particular episode. That's going to do it for us today. My name is Paul, and you're listening to another episode of Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.